Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 29. We're so glad that you joined us today. Today, Dr. Tice is talking about the issue of becoming pure with his guest, Pastor Neil Berkey. Yes, it's good to be here again, and it is so good to have you with us, Neil. It is good to be here. Neil is the uh, is my son-in-law. He is also the associate pastor uh, here at Liberty Baptist Church in charge of our children's ministry, missions, and counseling. He is an amazing uh, counselor, deals with uh with family issues all the time. And so anytime we can have him in the studio with us, it is our honor and our privilege to have him. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Quite an introduction. Uh, and Dr. Tice is the founding pastor of Liberty Baptist Church of 40, 43 years. Yes, but we're not here to talk about me. <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about you. Hey, I wanted to talk about this today. Uh, and I know you talked to... Uh, you talk to parents all the time that are struggling with uh, ministering to their children. Uh, we oftentimes uh, are dealing, living in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, all my life, and of course pastoring here. I, we often talk to parents who feel inadequate about talking to their children about moral purity because of problems that they've had in their past. And... Um, uh, and they feel like, you know, I had problems. How can I tell my children not to touch? And uh, the, the chapter in the book that we're dealing with right now is yeah. communicating about purity. But the, the question is, how in the world do I share about purity when I wasn't pure as a teenager, yeah. when I wasn't pure as a young person? Uh, how can I do that effectively? That's a great question. Can you share briefly just your um, upbringing? How your what about your dad and um, your mom situation? Because people wonder they 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 do wonder that they're like oh man and especially in today's society, but uh, you didn't you your dad? Can you share briefly about my dad? My dad was a uh, my dad was an orphan at the age of eleven years old. His dad. Uh, his dad was taken off to war, and his mother, he said, died of a broken heart hmm. when he was uh, 11 years old, which left him in charge of his younger brother and his younger sister. Wow. By the time he was 13, he realized he couldn't do this, and he farmed his sister out to a a family that lived in Australia, and she went off to Australia. Uh, his brother was farmed off to another relative who lived there in Lebanon, and he raised was raised in Lebanon. My dad got on an Italian freighter somehow, and I don't know the whole story, and somehow migrated to the United States, uh, where I picture him growing up on the streets of... Um, of New York City, like the Newsies, the movie The Newsies, just just making his way. He uh, he had no spiritual upbringing except um, from uh, ancient Catholicism that he had heard about in in um, Lebanon. Uh, he uh, grew up just made his own way and lived a life that was not at all morally right. I I, I do not know how many times he was married and divorced. Uh, it, I know at least three times before he married my mother, yeah. um, or my mother may have been the third marriage. I, I think there was more than that. I have brothers and sisters that I have never met. Every once in a while, I meet somebody with the last name Tice, and I think, hey, are we related? <laughs> uh, you could be my brother or my cousin or my nephew or something. Um, he then came to, uh, he, he came to America. He met my mom 
when my mother was about 19 years old and he was 31 or 32 years wow. old, met her on a bus, saw her, liked her legs actually, and called her legs and flirted with her on the, on the bus. And uh, then, uh, but my mom wanted nothing to do with her, sure. with him. Uh, and, but he followed my mom home and to ask my, my grandpa if he could date my daughter. <laughs> my grandpa said, hey, that's up to her. Well, she wanted nothing to do with him. And so she, uh, th- that was the end of that relationship. And uh, uh, he didn't see her again yeah. for another 15, 16 years. And yeah. by that time, she was, she was married to another man who was a drunk and wow. an alcohol alcoholic who beat um, her and abused her, yeah. and uh, my dad heard about the situation, uh, went and got my mom from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, brought her across the United States to uh, to Las Vegas, and um, uh, where they they lived in separate domiciles for six weeks according to state regulations and then uh, she got a divorce and they got married so that's my that's my very wholesome background of my family then my wife my mom and dad got saved yeah my mom had been saved but my my dad got saved and they started going to church and serving the lord and started getting discipled and i got to grow up then in a home until my dad was 10 years old then he died um uh, but I got to grow up in a home with a Christian mom, Christian dad until I was 10 years old. Then I was raised in a single parent home and my mom had to work. So my brothers and sisters and I got in a lot of trouble yeah. doing a lot of wrong things. The reason I had you share that is because sometimes people think, oh, wow, I can never I can never have a, a pure family or I can never have, you know, a family that I desire. One of the statements that you say, uh, you and um, your wife say is uh, about moral purity is that you can change can you can you say the phrase that you uh say about changing um the generation yes you can change the direction of your family in this generation you, you can say at this point sin is going to stop and and you can make a determination that you are going to be pure people people make a big distinction or people don't understand the distinction between virginity and moral purity. What would be uh, the difference? I, I, I say this. I say that uh, virginity and purity are not the same thing. Uh, a virgin can be impure in their thoughts, in their life, in their attitude, and what they want to do. Someone who is not a virgin can determine to be determined that from this point on in their life, they're going to be pure. Uh, virginity is a physical reality. Now, wait just a second. You said someone who is not a virgin can be pure. That's exactly right. Now, now, how how is that possible? Because in someone's mind, they think, I've already blown it. I've already, um, there's no going back. There's no rewinding the clock. How does that happen? Okay, now, let me, let me just give you this statement, that purity is a spiritual reality. It's a state of being. It's who I am now. And I get there by doing what God tells me to do. Um, when, I, when I get saved, the Bible tells me I become a child of God. My sins are washed away. All, everything from my past is gone. I become a new creature in Jesus Christ by asking Jesus to save me. But there's still the guilt and there's still the, the things, the physical realities of yeah. my past life. 
So what do I do with that? So a parent, um, a parent may struggle with the idea of raising uh, their children because they feel as if there's been some, some uh, you know, things that they've done in their past, but they have to realize they can be pure. That's they exactly can, right. They can be pure. And, and that, there's simple, let me, give you, let me give you three simple steps to be impure. Number one, confess your sin. First um, John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I was in a, I was in a, um, a family life conference a few weeks ago, and, and I, I said that God's plan for marriage is one man for one woman and for one lifetime. And a man during the question and answer yeah. time raised his hand and said, well, is this conference then for me? He said, can I get anything out of this conference? Because I've already blown it. I've been married. This is my third marriage. And it was a perfect question because I was able to explain from that point that, look, you can, yes, you, you don't have to deal with the guilt of the past. God makes it very simple for me to be pure. If I confess yeah. my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What the Bible also says in Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, it says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. The idea there is I can forsake. I can confess my sin and I can be cleansed. I can forsake my sin and have the mercy of God. And if I'm, if I'm continually confessing, then what happens is he gives me mercy to overcome those temptations that come from my past sin. Yeah. Got a great, I've got a thought here. So it says, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. Is this something that a parent should confess to their child? Yes, that's a good question. I don't think you need to at all go into details. Yeah. But as you are living your life, your children will know. They will hear stories. They will, they will know about your past Putting life. Pieces together. So when they come to you and they say to you, um, they say to you, well, how can you tell me not to live with somebody when you lived with somebody before you got before you got saved, you say, you know what? You're right. What yeah. we did was wrong. What a great point. And what, what we did has caused difficulty in our family. Sure. You know the difficulties we've had in our family because we chose to do wrong things. And what we want to do is save you from, from suffering uh, the consequences of the sins that we suffer. Yeah, naturally in a situation like that, you don't want to be humble. You don't want to be, uh, especially your kids saying, yeah, you did wrong, you did wrong. But that's the, I mean, that is the right, that is completely yeah, the right if, attitude if, to have. If, if, you, if say, you want them to be pure, yeah, like, just, yep, own up to it. You're you, right. You you're have right. to be up. able to say, you're right. These are the consequences. This is what's happened. Yeah. In fact, we're probably having this discussion right now because of the things I've done wrong in my life. You can say, you, I mean, you, you can be honest with your children. Yeah. They will appreciate yeah. the fact that you're honest yeah. with them. And the respect for you as a parent, though it may not be shown, will definitely increase in your eyes because of your willingness to, and transparency to realize, look, I, I don't know everything. I'm, I'm, I'm learning this, too. And uh, will definitely be a help to your relationship and bonding you to your child as well. I mean, obviously, you shouldn't be. Well, here, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Let me Th- tell you that's this. That's exactly. You do. There, you do not need to go into graphic detail about anything. The Bible's filled with graphic detail uh, that you can use them. You don't. They don't need to know the graphic details of your past life. Hey, uh, so, so we said, as, forsake and have mercy. Okay. So, so 
Yeah, oh, th- there's a last thing. Remember that you are always going to be under attack. People say, when is this temptation, when is, when is this, uh, these physical desires that I have going to go away? When your body is dead. Uh, you need to understand this, that the Bible says when a person thinks they've conquered sin, they haven't. In 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 12 and 13, the Bible says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. When you think you've got sin conquered, uh, remember, you don't. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. The same temptation that is causing other people to fall will cause you to fall. Uh, God will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So uh, apply Bible principles and you can stay pure. So you can confess and be cleansed. You can forsake and have mercy, but you need to remember you're always under attack. And uh, you need to understand that that um, that 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 means that you, it's a perpetual thing with you. You've got to continually yeah. say, "I'm going to live right." It's a daily, I'm going to do right. It's a daily choice that you make. Now, is there anyone in the Bible you know that would be close to the Lord that would that uh, went through some difficulties like this? Maybe not wasn't clean, but uh, could definitely uh, shed some light on uh, this situation about being pure. Well, you you take a look at David. David, I, th- there is nobody that blew it worse than David. I mean, when you talk about the big sins, you know, yeah. you can't go, you can't get any worse than murder and adultery. Sure. And then uh, murder because I want to cover up my adultery. I mean, this is pride. This is selfishness. This is this is uh, uh, again adultery, which destroys our soul. And this is uh, murder to yeah. cover up my sin. And not just murder of anybody. This is murder of my friend. What a traitor. What a horrible thing. And yet we find in, in, in Proverbs, we find Solomon saying, I want to teach you things that I learned from my mother, Bathsheba, the harlot, yeah. uh, uh, or the shamed woman at least. Uh, from my father, the murderer, the adulterer. These are things that I learned from my father. These are things that I learned from my mother. In 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 Proverbs four and verse two, three, the Bible says, "For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Wow, this is amazing.' Yeah. So David, David knew what he had done wrong, knew his sin, but he he said, "I'm going to teach." my children to avoid the things that affected me. Wow. That's, that is incredible. It's super powerful. So we understand as a parent, you have the uh, authority. God's given you the permission to raise your children to be pure. I mean, no one else is going to do that. The media is not going to do that. The world's not going to do, do that. Um, maybe even the school that they go to, their teacher necessarily isn't going to do that, teach them to be pure. Uh, so you have to be you have to teach them purity. But what are some practical applications as a parent um, that we can utilize to help instill in our children purity? Well, that let me idea ask, of purity. Let me ask you this. Let me just reverse the question and <laughs> and ask you what do you do? Yeah. So there's a few things that we do as parents. I mean, we're we're right in the middle of this, um, and so our oldest is our oldest will be 12. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 12 years old. Uh, in uh, just a few weeks. So um, one of the things that we have done um, 
there's several books that we've read um, in understanding purity. In fact, um, my oldest son, as he's going transitioning into manhood, um, we read a couple books together specifically with the idea of purity in mind. So one of the principles that I have, um, I've learned is, especially living here in Las Vegas, is there's, I mean, for people that are listening to this, uh, you know, across maybe our nation, uh, Las Vegas isn't the most clean of places to live. <laughs> <laughs> Not at in all. In essence, it's called Sin City. And so when you're driving around, you see, I mean, you see things, you see billboards, you see, um, I mean, images. And so... Let me, uh, let me, let me tell you a story that about uh, David Young and his son, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, Matthew went over to pick David Young and Matthew Young. Matthew was eight years old at the time, uh, up from the airport. And there yeah. was... There's when you come out of the airport. There's all sorts of vile signs about different shows that are on in, in Las Vegas, and uh, David or David had taught Matthew to make to make sure he covers his eyes and that yeah. he doesn't look in the look at those things. Well, Matthew was having a hard time because it didn't matter which way he turned. There was there was something <laughs> yeah. bad to look at. That's exactly right. So he said. Dad, these place this this is a ter- these are terrible. This is a terrible place. Why did you bring me here? And my son Matt, Pastor Matt, said said, Matt, that's why we're here. We're here to help these people and to teach them to do right and to teach them about moral purity and teach them how to get saved and become children of God. Well, a few minutes went by and we, they kept going by signs and Matthew Young said, Dad, they're not doing a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you were so talking point, about teaching yeah, your children. The point, one of the things that we do, and you you uh, say lower, you know, instead of your sun visor, your sin visor. But uh, one of the things that we uh, say is bounce your eyes. So if you see something, bounce your eyes. You 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 focus off of it. And uh, there's uh, sometimes you know looking down, or there's a curiosity about uh, about what is it? What does it say? What is that? What does it look like? But your kids are going to see stuff. I mean, they they naturally are, and so bouncing your eyes is a great um, a great thing to uh, to do. As soon yeah. as you see something, look away, and then commend your child. Great job, you know. I and then talk about something else. There's a place downtown that we go. Uh, there's just a as we're traveling out of town. There's a wicked place, and one of the things that we do is we say on the other side of the street of where that wicked place is. We're like, hey, uh, how many palm trees do you think are there? And, and every time we pass it, in fact, our kids start saying that now. Uh, oh, I think there's, you know, 5,200. No, I think there's more. And it's almost like a little game. But the idea is, the reason why is we take the focus off of the bad and uh, we replace it with something different. Tell me about praying with your kids. So praying for our kids is something that we do, um, that we take seriously. Um, we want, there's, there is personalities that we see in our children uh, probably, um, or that we see it in our children that we don't want to be there. And probably it's due to the fact of, of me, <laughs> my imperfections. Whatsoever a man so shall we also reap. But, um, and so we, we don't like those uh, personalities or those certain traits, those character flaws. And so we pray for our kids. We pray for them. Uh, two nights ago, I, I stood at their uh, door and I, I prayed for them. I've, actually, last night too. In fact, I prayed with, with our kids. I prayed for them for their purity. I prayed for their spouse. Uh, who they're going to marry. And uh, our oldest uh, son, he's like, Dad, he's like, I don't know about this marriage thing. I'm like, Trey, you'll get married one day. He's like, okay. <laughs> but it's neat seeing him transition in that different um, difference, um, his thought life with getting married. When you when you say that, I, I remember Hope telling me 
that she was praying for her daughter. She prayed for her yeah. daughter every day that God would keep her pure, that God right. would keep her pure. And one day she left that out as she was walking. She prayed for God's protection and watch care, but she didn't pray that God would keep her pure. And so she said goodnight to her daughter, and her daughter looked up at her and said, Mom, you forgot to pray that God would keep me poor. <laughs> so, so, but uh, so I, she really didn't get it. But yeah. she was able to explain. No, I'm praying for your purity, not for your poverty. <laughs> so, uh, so it's important that your children hear you pray. Yeah. And you, now, specifically with uh, going to bed, were there times that you allowed your kids to spend the night over at other people's house, or what was your rules with that? Early on, we did. Uh, we, uh, when we were very young, and we didn't have anybody giving us instruction, but we then came to a realization that, look, kids can stay up a whole lot longer than parents can. Yeah. And number two, they they can find places to talk about things that you don't want them to talk about. Um, so we just made a rule that they, nobody was spending the night at anybody's house. When I was a little kid, my my dad said to me, he said. Uh, I said, can I spend the night at my friend's house? He said, oh, did they buy you a bed? I said, no, I sleep on the floor. He said, listen, I bought you a bed. And uh, as, as since I bought you a bed, I think it's better for you just to stay here. Well, that was the only reason he gave me. But I think it's very, very important that we guard yeah. our children's purity. And when, when the Bible says a, a, a child left to himself will bring his mother to shame, there is, uh, it's important that we have adult supervision and you will not have, I don't care how much you trust your friend and I don't care how much you trust yourself. You can't stay awake as long as those little kids can stay awake. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they're going to be in a, in a position where they're unprotected and unguarded. I think I would caution about allowing uh, people to, or your children to spend the night at other people's houses or even having people spend the night at your house. There's been many people or there's been several people, I should say, that I've counseled specifically in regards to something happened as they spent the night over at somebody's house. And you can, why not just strictly avoid that, having to worry about, oh, wonder what's going on. You know what's going on in your house, and yeah. you should. And so, um, and that watch care is so important for, for your child. I advocate strongly for adult supervision. I think we need to protect our children. I do not think that you can be too protective in 2020. Yeah. Or 21 or 22 or 23 or 24. Yeah. Now, uh, one more thing before as we close up, we're, how did you deal with specifically guarding and protecting your kids' purity with the area of specific places on their body where certain uh, body parts, how did you protect that purity in that capacity? Well, their mo- the, the, for the girls, mom talked to them about about not allowing, or if anybody ever touches you in any area, you need to come immediately to me. I like yeah. what Dave Young said to his boys. Dave Young told his boys, anybody ever touch you or shows you pornography, you're allowed to punch them right in the face, and I'll give you $100. <laughs> uh, I think it's really important that we, uh, that we do tell that I think as a father, I need to talk to my boys, and the mom needs to talk to the girls about about what is proper and what is improper, yeah. and you talk based on their age level yeah. about, again, not touching, and this is not something that you do. A good terminology might be the bathing suit rule. So uh, anywhere you wear a bathing suit or uh, undergarments uh, would be a, a, a off-limit area. So if somebody touches you in that specific place, and one of the phrases that we use, um, in fact, when we have people over, 
uh, we'll say, in fact, we did had somebody over last night. We said to them, to our kids, you know, once the, the people are gone, anything inappropriate happened. They know what that means. It means, did you say anything? Did something happen? And having that accountability, uh, one of our kids came up and said, yes, yes, I said butt crack. And, uh, <laughs> and so, I don't know if so, you're allowed to say that on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm just, just being transparent but here. <laughs> but, they, but they said that, and, and, and for them, their conscience is cleared. But we know that accountability is there, too. We'll say, we'll say that, and we'll say, hey, um, anything inappropriate happened? Did anybody touch you inappropriately? And so as a result of that, we, it is constantly something that we say when we go to somebody's house or when somebody comes over, they know that they're going to be asked that. And so that's one of the things that we do to uh, help protect their purity. So oh, I apologize if uh, open, open communication, open communication. <laughs> if I was a little too open uh, well, in my communication. Well, there. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And, uh, uh, listen, it is so important that we communicate. It's important that you understand as a parent. Let me say this to you again as a parent. No matter what your your moral background is, no matter what has happened in your life, you have the authority, you have the permission yeah. from God, you have the responsibility to talk about being pure. And you can be pure before God by simply confessing, forsaking, and then remembering and determining you're not going to allow Satan to attack you. Uh, become what God wants you to be. Become pure and represent him to your children. Thank you for listening to episode 29, Becoming Pure, of Tice Talks with Dr. David Tice. We appreciate Pastor Neil joining us again today. And don't forget to pick up your copy of Raising God's Kids in Sin City at davidtice.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, remember this is Tice Talk. It's more than a conversation. We're giving you practical insight. Thank you, Pastor Neil.